Hello, 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 everyone. This is Demia Avery, and welcome to yet another episode of What You Do in Wilmington. This podcast is designed to shed light on the positive people, places, and things here in the beautiful city of Wilmington, North Carolina. You can catch a different episode on Sundays and Thursdays. My intent is to help encourage and motivate others to do what they love, as well as recognize those who give of themselves every day to everyone. No matter how big, how small, I see you, we see you, and it's good to be seen. All right, guys, so today's episode is entitled, Am I My Sister's Keeper? Yes, I love this title because it expresses the absolute love and support and warm hugs that I received from my new sisters in love here in Wilmington, North Carolina. I had a lot of stuff going on this weekend, and I'm really upset that I missed the uh, Renaissance Ball that Genesis Block had. I had some minor issues going on, but I wanted to just say a quick thank you to all of you that just gave me a call, just gave me an air hug and say everything was going to be cool. It wasn't major y'all. It wasn't, I don't want to make it sound like it was a major event, but it was just a little roadblock that happened. So several of you uh, got in my inbox and you made me smile. So thank you for caring. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I won't go deep into it. We'll just say God is good. (laughs) We'll just say God is good. But I saw you guys' pictures. You guys look beautiful. You look absolutely beautiful. I took a picture myself of what I was going to look like. (laughs) I just had some minor car problems. We'll just say that. So um, I took a picture. I posted it of, of what I was going to look like. And you know what? Yeah. So I, um, I had my accessories on, but I wasn't able to attend. But I looked at all of you guys' is, um, pictures of the Harlem Renaissance, and you guys look amazing. I love all the, the gloves, the dresses, the hair. Fantastic. Tracy Newkirk, that hair was on point. Love it. Love it. Love it. So to all who attended, uh, sorry I couldn't be there, but I was there in spirit. So... Anyway, on a positive note, because that's what this is all about, recently I was featured as a guest for the uh, podcast called Champagne Life Vibrations, and it's hosted by the lovely Sabrina T. Cherry, and she recorded it in front of a live audience at Genesis Block. So uh, Gerard and Tracy Newkirk, were, they were so very gracious to give me the opportunity to introduce myself and talk more about what you do in Wilmington and a lot of more about who I am, where I came from, <laughs> how the heck did I get here in Wilmington. So I was and I am still humbled, honored and blessed to uh, have had that opportunity and just to to know you all. Thank you so much for that. And if you haven't heard the interview, I'll make sure that I'll leave the, the link down below so you can check it out. And by the way, Sabrina Cherry, listen, I'm going to be reaching out to you soon so you can come on the show. And I, guys, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And speaking of amazing, it actually brings me to my next guest that we're highlighting today. So, I knew that this was going to be a great interview. I just knew it. This phenomenal lady, this phenomenal woman has such a presence. 
You ever, um, I've never met her in person, but you ever see someone, I saw her, like, you know, her social media and things like that. She just radiates greatness. She just radiates greatness that she does. And not only does that greatness radiate around her, it's definitely from the inside out because you can, she, she gives herself, she gives of herself and her time to helping others, especially to other women. So yes, yes, yes to female empowerment. So check out my interview with community leader, one of the founders of Three Ladies in Wilmington, and so much more. She has lots of titles, you guys. <laughs> but I want you guys to check her out, the fabulous Sherry Nicole. All right, after the break, we'll get right into the interview. Here we go. Are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. All right. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Demia Avery with What You Do in Wilmington. And as you know, the title of this episode is Am I My Sister's Keeper? And with that being said, I couldn't be more excited, more grateful, more honored to announce and introduce to you today's guest, um, academic consultant, speaker, podcast host, and community leader, the fabulous Sherry Nicole. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so glad that you can join us today. And listen, on my show, um, most of you that's listening out there, you know I love talking about community and how we use our gifts and our talents to help or uh, contribute to the community. And just by looking at your uh, social media, I knew that you were heavily involved in helping other people, but I didn't realize just how much involved you, <laughs> you actually were. You do a lot of stuff, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a busybody. Um, as my boyfriend says, I don't let grass grow under my feet. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> So listen, I did, I, I do my research. So I went onto your website and everything. I have to say that I was so, so, so impressed with all that you do. So if you don't mind, please just tell our, our listening audience more about the brand of Sherry Nicole, because I know that you know that you are a brand. It's not just one thing that you do. It's, it's everything tied in together. Tell us more about you and what your services are. 
No, I really appreciate it. And thank you again for the opportunity. Um, you know, I've been in Wilmington for the past five years. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was really become a part of the fabric of the town. I really see a lot of opportunity for uh, women to grow, um, diverse individuals to come in here and make an impact. And so I wanted to use my voice and opportunities that were given to me um, and the privilege I have, because I do realize there is a privilege I possess in order to open up doors for other people. Right. Um, and so I've, I've found myself here um, with the opportunity to come and work for UNCW to help um, create a new culture for the students. And so I serve as an assistant dean in the area of student success for the College of Healthy Human Services. Okay. But when I arrived here, my boss, um, who's amazing and just has been a, man, a mentor and a beacon for me, realized that I needed to find community, as you mentioned. And so I immediately did Leadership Wilmington and Leadership North Carolina. Um, I come from Illinois. UNCW was the first time I landed in, in North Carolina. Okay. Um, and so just wanted to know more about the city and the state. And so I was able to participate in some really terrific leadership programs that began to help me network, stretch my arm, see these red threads of conversation and communication yeah. happening and then kind of figure out how was I going to leave my mark and get involved. And it has just kind of really expanded from there to me. So like I um, was able to move to the boards of some of those organizations mm-hmm. um, and I was able to kind of meet people who talked about similar interests. And so from there, I was able to become a part of the um the Willie Stargell Foundation, um, and that has been an amazing opportunity for me. Willie Stargell Foundation provides funding and support for research and for families as individuals battle kidney disease. Um, and I think it's a really important thing as a Black woman um, to understand kidney diabetes, kidney research, and I'm also a kidney donor. I donated my left kidney to my cousin in 2001. Oh, wow. So. Kidney health is always something that's part of me. I say at this point, I'm actually have been living more as a living donor than I had prior. And so this is definitely a pathway for me. And Willie Stargell provides that opportunity. And we just celebrated a really big um, event this past weekend um, under the uh, leadership of Margaret Stargell and Francis Weller and and the board and really brought some amazing dollars to research. Um, in addition to that, I've done the YWCA Laura Kate Fear board for the past three years okay. um, and all, well, probably two years. And then also um, have been a part of Inspiration Lab that Stephanie Lanier created, um, the North Carolina Community College Foundation, which helps me in the education world um, and just navigating new spaces around how to get involved and how to open up doors for other black women and women in general, just to get on boards and have a voice. And through that, I was able to join leadership, um, the Wilma Institute and under Vicki and Maggie um, have met a lot of amazing women doing great things. And I've since been on their advisory board for maybe the past year, year and a half. Um, and that's really helped open up doors to really navigate Black people and Black women um, in these spaces that haven't always been highlighted for us. And so I'm happy to be that that presence to kind of open up those doors 
And Maggie and Vicky have really created a culture in the Wilma magazine to start to feature women of all colors, all shapes and sizes to kind of help them with their branding. Um, awesome. Well, you so those know, are a couple of those things. Well, I have I have a couple of, uh, of quick questions about uh, two <laughs> quick questions. Number please, one. Please. Number one, am I pronouncing your name? Is it Sherry or Cherie? Oh, Sherry. Okay. I wanted to make sure of that. And number two, no problem. when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I um, I was talking to one of my friends, Constance, um, Dr. Foreman and Crystal Pelham, who is the director of diversity for Coastal Horizons and I, we created three ladies in Wilmington right before COVID started. And she was over today as we finalized our new event that I'll be happy to share later. And she said the same thing about, you know, child, I don't know how you do it. And I, you know, I think the thing is, is my mom always said I was a busybody and that I never met a stranger. And I think for me, it's growing up in Decatur, Illinois, which is a factory town, small town. The only thing that I ever wanted to do is to help people. And so I, I, I never say no well. Um, and so I don't even try half the time. I just try to figure out how to manage it because I just see that my life is servant leadership. It's just an opportunity to really help provide, serve, educate, inform, advocate, express, expose, experience as many people to opportunities that I possibly can. And that's awesome. I heard this motivational speaker one time say that um, she makes a lot of money and she's successful because she feels that success is on the other side of service. So the, mm-hmm. the more service that she does, the more success that she, you know, that she feels. Mm-hmm. And, and do you, would, it, would you agree with that? I would. I would definitely agree that, you know, you can't really monetize success. Um, but I always say the Maya Angelou quote that, you know, people may forget what you do, but they never forget how you made them feel. I'm sure I'm messing it up a little bit, but my thing is always to make people feel stronger, better, more secure um, after they meet me. Um, I'm, I'm here to build, not to tear down. I heard that. Now, and I, I, I do note. Well, I, I noticed on your website. I know that you help uh, a lot of different women, but I also know that you do a lot of targeting towards African American women. Why is that so important to you? You know, I think that it's really important to me. So. I have been here in Wilmington for about five years and it took me about three of those five to settle in. Okay. Um, just, you know, trying to navigate and find my tribe. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I'm quite fluid where, you know, race and gender doesn't really matter. I can find my fit wherever I can. I can be in a room of non-diverse people and make friends as much as I can be in a room of all black people and, you know, knuck if I'm buck, right? Like, I mean, it, it doesn't matter where I am because I always can find a connection with someone. So I, but there are people who can't do that, right? There are people who, if they walk into a room that's non-diverse, they clam up, they don't feel welcome. Um, and that oftentimes was, there are black people, 
right? And definitely black women. And we are a new class of women who are creating more businesses that we're doing more entrepreneurial events. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I am nimble, that I can shake through crowds and that that's my gift. Um, You know, I I know that about me. And I know that if I have that capacity, then I can use my gift to help other black women who may not be as nimble or as fluid in different spaces, um, find their fit. And so for me, when I arrived here about three years ago, in 2019 I was sitting in inspiration labs um they're called they call it uh the blueprint and they allow you at the start of every year to kind of think about your vision board in a different way and when I was there um I created black women working it was at first it started off as a podcast and now it has become a part of my brand if you will Mm -hmm. in regards of using that space to create a culture where women feel lifted and provided information for them to be um, more comfortable in spaces that may not have been designated or designed for them. And I felt it was very necessary because it was a gap here. Um, We have seen more black women come into the area, but I saw a lot of people with that strong learning curve or they were leaving a year after they arrived here because they just couldn't find their friends. They couldn't find their fit. Um, and so I just really decided that that was going to be one of the legs of the stool that I was going to provide for, which is to feel comfortable in my identity as a black woman yeah. and to help create a stronger identity for other black women here in the area. I think that's extremely important because I can understand in, in, you know, to some degree how they would feel because when, when I first met now, I've been in North Carolina for a few years, but I wasn't living in Wilmington. I've only been in Wilmington for a year. So mm-hmm. when I got here, um, you know, it was just a little difficult to find my uh, like-minded uh, people like myself that that are in business or just it doesn't necessarily have to be business, but just have a certain goals for themselves and just want to be able to be around people that are motivating and encouraging to do other things. So I, I do understand that, but I as but I also went looking for it. Right, right. You have to go searching. And I say the same thing. Like, you know, I had no problem in going to a space that maybe wasn't as diverse and looking for the woman who was there doing the same thing I was. Right. And, and that's how I met Crystal Pelham. Um, We were in a, 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 we went to a professional networking and I saw her and she saw me. We said, Hey, boo. (laughs) and we've been friends ever since um you know i've had the opportunity i went to the upper man african americans center and i met sean palmer uh, when i first arrived here but i was like then i met his wife who is amazing janiqua palmer and i was like okay she's she's here that's one of my people too and then found my church and met my first lady tanya armor and she is my person i mean like so you 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 find these different women in different spaces and then you realize that they're amazing they're leading their diversity initiative they're the director of outreach for the y they're the department of engagement or advancement for the hospital and we have these real strong roles but i always said to myself what could happen if we all united right because we're trying to define those spaces for ourselves in our individual space areas but what if we all came together and created something that cultivated all black women and that's what i'm my next move is um in the 2022 year is let's bring it all together and let's use these powerhouses 
to really create a culture that is significant for black women. Um, I've had the pleasure to be, you know, I'm a Sigma Gamma Rho. I've been in the sorority for 20 years. About two years ago, um, I, a year ago, I joined the Lynx Incorporated chapter here, which provides service and outreach and the whole concept is around black women engagement and, and providing service. So it's, it's just a calling of my heart. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there are opportunities here we have Jack and Jill. We have every sorority. We have amazing women. We have so many churches. Um, and so I just wanted to, one, selfishly get to know these amazing Black women, but then also create a space where they could connect and cultivate those relationships together as well. Now, is is that what your podcast is, is about? It Was it just about uh, bringing, bringing uh, Black women together or is it, is it uh, more than that? twofold. So when I first met Black Women Working, I think I first initially just wanted to meet people, right? I was like, this is a way that, and I, and I, and I, and I, I'm curious as to how, um, what you're doing came about. Cause I feel like that's what's happening for you. It's, you know, you've been here a year, like, you know what, I'm going to create something so I can meet people. I can grow this opportunity. And, and similarly, that's what black woman working was. It was first just a black woman working through this life. That's exactly where the title came from. <laughs> and how do I navigate this space that I'm in? You know, I had came from, uh, uh Illinois had, left a had ended a relationship of six years so I'm coming completely new open and wanted to meet other women that was black women working on new relationships black women working on their health uh black women working on you know uh you know dreams deferred you know what are those things that we put on the back burner because we have to take care of family or friends or um or you know an older parent um you know so I really that was the navigation like these are the things that are compelling to me the things that i'm trying to adjust and understand and know that i can get in my own head so let me find a group of people who are doing the same thing and we can commune together right and so i had you know i would cook a little dinner and i would invite some of the ladies over and my little round table we would eat um we would have a little bit of libation and then we would talk and a lot of things came out of that where one, I saw connections across the table for women they didn't know. Yeah. Um, two, I saw, I've seen a lot of businesses come about. I mean, so many of the women that I've spoke to now have their own individual businesses. So that entrepreneurial creativity came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, okay, Sherry, what's next for you? And with Black Women Working, what I'd like to elevate it to is to events where we actually can come together and convene and converse and talk about topics. And so I'm navigating that space. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that has happened due to COVID is that I've seen the idea and the need for us to really talk about our health, um, whether it's not just about weight and it's not about body image and not about imposter syndrome, but really just about us getting our screenings. And being comfortable talking about uncomfortable topics that generationally we never talked about, right? Like we never talked about fibroids. We never talked about hysterectomies. We know many people who have them. We know many people that have to have them. We know what society has done to black women when it comes to our health and women's health around this concept of hysterectomies and fibroids. But, you know, I... I didn't learn about them from my mom. I learned about them when I received them at a, at a doctor's diagnosis. So yeah. wanting to create spaces where women feel comfortable talking about tough diagnosis um, and then also making sure that we don't leave the next generation uneducated about their health, where they can make guided decisions or understand the need to have those screenings. So I would love to do something around um, like a maybe a one day conference for black women focused on health. And that's kind of where I'm 
guiding myself first and then hopefully, you know, something else can, um, can really be birthed out of that. And you know what, I love that because you know what, you're talking about health and, and wellness for, for women, but as just as a, not just necessarily as a black woman, but it, in black families, you know, we're taught to keep things secret. Very or much our so. problems are, uh, we just keep them to ourselves. Our family keeps, you know, whatever issues that we're going through, we just deal with them on our own. We don't really, no, we don't have an option. <laughs> I mean, we'll keep it silent until death. Right. And then, yeah. you know, we're the ones who are trying to navigate funeral plans or try to find out passwords from banking accounts that we're not a part of, or, you know, you know, I feel like funerals and death always brings out the nasty in families. And it doesn't have to be, if we can talk prior and understand that the one thing that we have in common is that we live and we die, but we can plan for this differently. And so just helping people have that conversation, you know, I, I was talking to my girlfriends and, you know, for the first time I said, I looked at my mom differently. Like my mom's always been 40 in my eyes always and I'm 40 she can't be 40 you know right, right. She can't be 40 and so like finally the last time she came to visit me like I I saw her move different right mm-hmm. you know she didn't carry as much and I'm like okay Sherry like you know your mom is able-bodied she's in great health thank God but we need to start to have conversations and I do too because you know other things that happen you know, our, due to our screenings, we're finding different things that are ailments. So, you know, I'm just thinking the importance of being comfortable having those conversations. So Black Women Working created a space where I could ask my mom certain topics, but then also created a space where other women felt that they could go back to their generations of women and say, talk to me about fibroids, you know, tell me about who has, who had polyps, you know, I've, I've been dealing with colon issues and I've been very, um, very transparent about it, you know, and just understanding the need for us to get our screenings at 45. But if you have, you know, a history of colon cancer, getting it done early. Um, and so not an advocating for yourself in health. That has been the, the paramount of me right now is learning to be comfortable asking the doctor for what you want. And if you can't find another doctor that you can ask that question to. And so that's kind of what black women working has come about. And, and I think it all kind of goes into me working in the health field, mm-hmm. you know, me, you know, helping black women understand who they are. And then also me coming of age and understanding where I want to see the next 40 years of my life. Um, and so if Wilmington's going to be that spot, which I'm glad that I can say that it is, mm-hmm. then I need to make sure that I find those pieces of me so that I can sustain here healthy, physically, financially thriving. Now, I, you know what, we're talking about physical health, but we also, one of the other things that uh, Black families don't talk about is our mental health. Indeed. Well. Indeed. <laughs> you know. Um, I have a really good Crystal Pelham and she works for Coastal Horizon. She's, you know, been a licensed therapist. And, you know, we talk about that all the time is, you know, giving grace for that space and mental health doesn't mean that you have a mental illness. It means creating a space where you feel comfortable so that you can keep your mental health just as healthy as you can keep your body, you know, and your financial background and, and, or your banking account, like add that into your day and being comfortable sharing. If, 
there was a mental issue. I, you know, when I uh, initially got the diagnosis that I had to possibly have a colon resection and a hysterectomy in the same surgery earlier this year, I was devastated. You know, I mean, I haven't had children. I always desired them. And now I'm getting a diagnosis that I have to have my uterus removed so they can get to the colon, which is the major issue, right? right? And for a minute, I had to be placed on Zoloft because I just couldn't cope with all of the medical things that were happening on top of COVID. And, you know, it took a girlfriend for say, hey, Sherry, you're not handling this well. You know, you don't have to be on it forever, but I think it can help you right now. You know, and I think that we need to be comfortable saying that regardless, sometimes we need help. Sometimes talking to a girlfriend or a parent or a physician just isn't enough. And you need to be able to have that therapy. I love my therapist. And I, you know, and I think that it's healthy for us to have that dynamic. And with sometimes hard diagnosis and loss, and then having to be isolated, it it, it weighs on you. Um, And there's just so much busyness that you can't do after a while that's going to have you have to face whatever's happening. Um, Well, all that's connected as well. Even, I mean, Uh the the mental could, you know, if you have mental issues that you you haven't dealt with a lot of times that that's, that is putting pressure on your, your physical, your physical health. So it's good to be able to get that out as well. Yeah, it's very important that we feel comfortable having people around us that challenge us to feel, think, and do better. And, you know, it takes a while to find that tribe. And I hope to be a steward of that for women to come. I have become, I've become one of the women that uh, when new Black women or women in general come to come in the area, they're like, you should have coffee with Sherry. Yeah. And I enjoy that. I give them my doctors. I give them my iPad, you know, where, where I went for eye health. Look, I have been around. I know who can advocate, who understands Black women health yeah. or women's health, who's going to listen to you, um, who you may need to be connected to. You know, I don't know everything, but I may know someone of someone who may know. Yeah. Um but it's, you know, it's gotten even bigger than that. Uh, about a year ago, um, Sandy Spears, who is a, uh, a senior vice president at Truist, we met at a conference and she asked me to have coffee with her. And through that conversation, we created Coffee and Conversations, which is a small group of women, um, about six white women, six black women, both our friends, our friend groups, our closest friends. Mm-hmm. And we come together and we have very tough conversations conversations about race. And so when everything happened around the George Floyd killing, uh, we got together and we read, um, you know, a book together. We discussed some really tough dynamics. We talked about our past, what we felt comfortable in. So what I've come to realize, it's just not um, it's, it's a conversation that we need to be comfortable having with any race, with anyone, uh, because we need to be able to feel comfortable um, navigating that space. So this Wilmington has been transformational for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I I love uh, the idea of, you know, six black women, six white women, or however that you guys have it set up because a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times we just, it, it just requires understanding of where Mm -hmm. the person is coming from. You know, and advocacy and advocacy. There are spaces that Sandy sits in that I'll never sit in. Right. And there are spaces that I sit in that she won't. And so now we both understand 
where we are. And if something comes up, she can advocate stronger. She can advocate differently for me and could help pull up a seat for me or the next woman or the next black woman in that space and financial. And I can do that for her. So I feel like that's the thing. When we sit at these tables, we're not just representing our our goals. We are creating the space for the next generation or the next woman to come after us to be able to pull that table and get to that chair even easier. And so I'm grateful for that dynamic. I see that shift happening in Wilmington where, you know, women are building tables or they're pulling up chairs for other women. Love it. Love it. Love it. But you know what? I I do want to get into something that you said, and it's kind of synonymous with something that I read on your website. So Mm -hmm. on your website, you talk about your love for a few things. And I wanted to break it down just a little bit because I think you and I have some synergies there. So um, one of the first things you talk about is your love for family. Um, I love people who are big on families because I have a very close knit family, very supportive and encouraging and in the way that they can only be supportive. What is how what is family to you? Why is it so important to you? I think family is everything, you know, it's the, it's, but I think that it goes bigger than just the connection of those who are biological to you, but also those extension families. And so for me, when I was growing up um, and everybody has a story, but when I was growing up, um, my brother passed away at a very young age. He passed away at age 15. When I was 15, he was 20 from a asthma attack. And it was at that moment where my life changed. Right. I think that when you have such a significant loss in your teenage years, you see life differently. And so I grab onto people just a little bit stronger and I make sure people get their flowers while they're alive now. And my family really changed that day, that day. And I think from there, it went on to when my cousin fell ill and needed a kidney. All right. Sherry's here, you know, or a student who is struggling and needs a a voice or needs help finding financial. Okay, Sherry's here. And so for me, family extends beyond my my amazing mother and my uh, fortunate, my have great aunts and uncles and amazing cousins that have always cultivated me a space to say, Sherry's a bright light. She has a very big shadow and we're just going to get out the way (laughs) and and let her have this personality in this moment because she's going to be helpful and impactful to other people. I, I think we have to understand that everyone isn't gifted that. And some of that you have to create. And so I've been really grateful that the friends here are also family. When COVID hit and I ended up having to have these heavy surgeries and my mom couldn't come at that time because of the, you know, not having the vaccine created or or possible. Tanya and my girlfriends, they created a whole and, and, and Sandy and it just so many people made sure that I ate, walked, uh, had water, bathed um, when I was in pain and I couldn't get out of the bed, yeah. slept with me on the side and rubbed my back, make sure I had a heating pad. Like you, you create the family that you don't have at the time. And I think that Wilmington has cultivated just this opportunity for women to be supportive, um, to understand how important tribes are. Um, and so I think you can find your family, what you don't have, that gap can be filled here, but also that you also, again, what you said to me, like you have to go find it, right? Like you have to step in and part of getting great friends is being a good friend. 
And so I really value that at my family level and in my friendship level. Love it. Love it. So the next, the next thing is, um, that you had on there was self growth. Now this is something for me, it's ongoing, never stops. I'm always working on myself. <laughs> so what are, what are your thoughts on, on self growth? I think that people have to realize, you remember, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's kind of like this little chart that goes around Instagram and it says, you know, this is what life looks like. People think it's just a straight up stairwell, but then in, in fact, it's this maze where it's valleys and it's over hills and through, you know, gates and all of this thing. And I, I think that's what self-growth has realized. Everything is not going to be sunshine and roses. Every day is not just going to be a step up to your success. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to get knocked down four times, right? You're not going to get the opportunity that you think you deserve. Um, and you have to be able to be resilient and possess grit and to really take the hard truths in order to accept that growth. When I had left Illinois, I, ha I was, a, I was in a position that was a contracted position. And after it was up, you know, I was kind of figuring out, you know, what am I doing after this relationship? What am I doing? Am I going back into education? Mm -hmm. And I always tell my staff, you know, it took me, I applied for to 10 jobs for 30 days in the search to find my next position. Okay. It doesn't come easy. Uh, my mentor always told me that, you know, applying to a job is a numbers game and you have to invest in, in yourself. So, you know, like sometimes people, I always tell my staff, don't get connected to the one job you apply to. That's one job, right? Yeah. But you have to get yourself out there, get you exposed, then also do the healing that you need to do from the previous job, from the relationship, from the friendship, Ooh, from whatever it is, yeah. from whatever those work or personal bruises are, you have to heal from them. The family bruises, you have to heal from them in order for you to be able to continue to move forward. And I had to do the work. And I sound like a young but you have to, you, you got to do the work to really help you elevate. So self-growth is right. It's, it's never ending. Um, it's, it's not pretty. Um, it's, you have to be authentic to yourself because you're doing yourself no favor yeah. if you're not. And, um, and then you allow to see, then you get to reap the benefits of your roses. Right. And I feel like right now I'm in the roses part, right? Like I did, you know, I was moving very well through Wilmington and then I got hit with the health scares and it knocked me down. But then now I'm feeling better, but the health scares are becoming more health watches and no longer urgent. And now I'm able to kind of see that elevation again. In. But I think we have to be able to be resilient, to possess the grit and to be comfortable going through. Sometimes you can't go over. You got to go through it. And um, that, I think that's really important. And that yields self-growth. That's what worked for me. You know what? You said something that I've never thought about that when you go not on a personal level, but on a business level, like when you go from one job and you're looking for another job, there is a part of healing um, that you have to do from, mm -hmm. from that job. I've never thought of that. Yeah, those professional bruises are just as hard as a relationship because, you know, you think about it, you're at work more than you're at home. And so if you, the, the, the feelings that you come home with sometimes aren't because of the boyfriend forgetting your birthday or not the phone call, it's because you felt unappreciated in the job that day. Yeah. And you're bringing that, that home in a different way. You're carrying it different. And then you're asking someone else to lay that burden. Yeah. So I'm really cautious of my professional growth and the things that happen at work. And now learning how to leave them at home. I have not been great at this. Um, and I, I really give honor to Joel, my partner for 
tell, helping me understand that, you know, like, yeah. okay, baby, it's five o'clock work is over. Right. You know, like, and, right. like he, you know, it's not a comma, it's a period. We need to now have our space. And so I've really navigated this, this last, you know, six months where I'm like, okay, like those emails can wait. I used to be the girl that had to get her emails to zero every day, yeah. you know, and, and now I'm like, okay, I have 10 or 20 and they can wait until tomorrow because I'm going to go love on my man. I'm going to go create space and energy and experience with him. And we have to be able to shift, you know, those mental capacities. And we're not, and it doesn't happen in twenties. It doesn't always happen in our thirties, but we, we have to be intentional about that. And you're right. When you leave jobs, especially when you think that you are deserving of something and you leave because they didn't open that door for you, or they couldn't give you the promotion, you got to heal because you're taking that professional baggage to your next job. that didn't do it. They didn't do it. <laughs> and you do, you, you either, you go in there with, with the, you know, to your new job with the, the thinking that no one already doesn't appreciate, appreciate what you've done or, or either you go in there trying to prove something to everybody. It could be all sorts of different things. That is a good point. Maybe we need to do a little thing on that. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I just never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. so, all right. So the last thing is, um, I saw that you put having financial freedom. Now, I think mostly everyone wants that, but a lot of time, to be honest, we're just ignorant on how to actually obtain financial freedom. Do you yeah. offer like any type of financial advice or consulting through your services or anything like that? No, I, you know, I say that I know what I'm good at and I'm good at helping people heal and see their different experiences and helping them understand what's their hurdle. But I have a friend who is called the financial freedom educator, Danielle Davis, and she is a black woman who has her MBA, who works in this space and has really cultivated that space. So I always refer and recommend people to the financial freedom educator and she helps you understand and those spaces where, again, you know, our family didn't want to talk about if you've had a bankruptcy, if you have a high credit card, if you, you know, don't know how to buy your first home, you know, and you want to establish those things, she helps navigate that. And so I came from a family that struggled, you know, we definitely um, probably were on, you know, some type of governmental assistance or near it, you know, or was in that gap where we should have been on, but just made a little too much. Right. Um, and so I, I've experienced all different strategies of that. And again, recognizing my privilege now and where I am now, I understand the importance of that. And if I wish I would have been taught how to, you know, use my refund check in college differently, you know, or how to understand the importance of APRs and, you know, how to, you know, pick things differently. And so now at the age I am now where land ownership is important to me mm -hmm. and home ownership is something that, you know, I want to do, um, that it's time for me to have that navigation. So I say to you, you don't have to know it all. You just have to have people in your tribe that can do it, that can help you. And you need to be comfortable owning your insecurity around financial health and wellness, right? And 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 we don't have to be able to 
you know, Tamika Brown, who's local, she has a black woman who does tax education and services. Amazing for this, you know, so look to the people that are great at it and just make sure that you have a lawyer in your backyard that you can talk to and that you also have a, an accountant that you can build upon. We have a lot of black businesses who are thriving, but they're using their own income, right? And so then they fail quicker than other di other businesses because we don't know how to do business loans or how to do business credit or liens. And so we use our own finances. And so I think it's important to have the education. I'm currently serving as the co-chair of the African-American Business Council. And in January, I'll move to the chair and um, have been exceptionally grateful to Tracy and Gerard and Genesis Block because she's my co-chair and helping me understand how they're helping steward Black business and black education and how to grow black businesses in the area. Yeah. And so the Wilmington Chamber of Commerce under Natalie English and Tracy Newkirk's um, involvement in creation of AABC has done wonders for me because it's helped me understand placement of my small business, right, yeah. in this area. And so again, I don't know everything, but I do know it's important to seek out the resources and we have a lot of them and a lot of amazing people in spaces that can help black business growth, help your mental and independent financial understanding grow mm -hmm. so that you can, if you want to thrive and be an entrepreneur, you know, have that space to do it. Awesome. And I love uh, Tracy and Gerard too. Shout out to, to Genesis Block. Love them, love them, love them. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> on one year, guys. Um, I think Friday they're celebrating their one year. Um, I know that we're probably running late on time, but I, I definitely wanted to, if I could circle back to three ladies in Wilmington. Oh, I, absolutely. I, that was my next question for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I hi. I yeah. want to talk about the, you guys. I wanted you to, to um, tell everybody about um, the organization and what you guys are trying to accomplish and what your purpose is. So, yes, thank you so much. I, I love to talk about this because this is the fun part of some of the things that I'm involved in, but this is purely just for the opportunity of networking. So, you know, about, about a year ago, um, prior to COVID, uh, Dr. Constance Foreman, who's a physician at New Hanover, Novant, uh, Crystal Pelham, who's a licensed therapist, but is their director of diversity and education at Coastal Horizons, and myself, knowing that we're in three different pockets of Wilmington, we got together and first we were like, we want a date, Demia, right? Like, right. we... We just like, like, okay, we're, we got it going on professionally, but we haven't had the opportunity to have that other part of our life fulfilled. And we realized that we were talking to other women who were single, um, be it black or white, but just was like, okay, we're noticing a lot of more black professionals coming here single. How do we create a space? And if we're going to be here and we want to thrive here, we can't be a part of the problem. Let's be a part of the solution. And so we met, we went and, you know, had a couple of small events, um, and tried to garner, you know, a little bit of focus groups to see what would be interested and realized there was a lot of potential just for the opportunity to network. And so Three Ladies in Wilmington really grew um, out of its shell right around um, May 
when we decided to have um, an event with co-sponsored with end of days and we had a back outside right before Memorial day Mm -hmm. in which over a hundred or more people came black professionals. And our goal in three ladies in Wilmington is to create purposeful social interactions for black professionals in Wilmington to increase opportunities for meaningful connections, whatever that connection may be Uh, professional, personal, romantic, but we want to make sure that we create the space because as you said, when you got here, you went seeking, but you, we needed to find a space where you don't have to do that. If you're an introvert, we want to make sure that you feel comfortable coming to our event as much as you are one of us, an extrovert, right? Yeah. Um, and so we've had a couple of events. We had end of days in May and we've also had thirsty Thursdays. So we had a couple of after hours with Southern shores. Um, and now we are uh, announcing tomorrow that we're having the, uh, an ugly sweater party and we're having that at Palette, and we're having that December 18th, 2021 on a Saturday. And it's going to be a night party, 9 PM to 12 AM. So take your nap. Cause I'm going to have to take one too. Um, so that I- <laughs> So that I can stay awake for it. Um, But it's a good opportunity for us to kick off the holidays, kind of let our hair down after a fall semester or a fall year um, and just wear your ugly sweater and just um, have a good time. We're also um, doing it in conjunction with Big B and Sandy, Midday Miss McClammy, um, and they're going to actually be DJing live. So it'll be a good time. Palette has a great variety of wine and libations, um, and they also have a kitchen that's open till nine. So it'll be a good chance for, you know, if you have family coming in town or if you have friends that are wanting to network um, just to kind of disconnect and have a good, fun, uh, safe social experience. And so that's what our goal is. We don't charge our events right now. Right now, we just want to create the connection. Um, We want to um, support and the the location that we're at so we just say you know have a drink pay for the tip the bartender but just enjoy the experience and space um and so we've been doing these you know maybe every other month um but it's been great for transplants people who have been moving here in the middle of covid um to kind of like find some people and connect and so we've seen some connections happen uh personal professional or romantic um and it's been a really great opportunity and space so we hope that people will come to that as well Now, how do people uh, find out about the different events that you all have? Yep. So Three Ladies in Wilmington, our major communication channel is our Instagram page. Um, So it's just Three Ladies in Wilmington. Um, Our logo is green and white. Um, and we post everything there. If you want to also follow um, one of us, uh, you can follow me at Sherry underscore Nicole, Crystal Pelham is Seacorn P, and uh, Constance is Dr. CCF. Um, but you can always follow three ladies in Wilmington. Um, and that's where we'll kind of we also have a mailing list. So once you get on there, if you prefer emails, we do try to in- engage people through email to let them know when our events are coming. So I will be sending an email out to the mailing list tomorrow to let them know about our new party, the ugly sweater party. So awesome. I don't know if you have an ugly sweater, but I hope you do. So I can meet well, you in person. I have plenty of ugly sweaters. So we're going we to <laughs> go in that closet. We're going to pick out one. And listen, I get you all's emails all the time, actually. I see. Awesome. I think, did one just come out? Like, Yes. Not too long ago. I know I saw something. And then yes. I have been keeping in touch, honestly, with Constance for a little bit. And 
but I kept saying I was going to come out to your thirsty Thursdays. But I, to be honest, at that time, I it was, you know, COVID was still really hitting really hard, uh -huh. things like that. Uh -huh. so I was real hesitant at that time. But now, you know, I'm all vaccined up and all that other kind of stuff. So now I can. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the thing. It's like, you know, we thought about doing the virtual events and having games night in the midst of COVID. But, you know, we did surveys everyone was kind of like, you know, there are so many events happening virtually. We would just prefer that when we can come back outside that you create it. And so that's literally why we called it. We back outside y'all, you know, and it's been a really great opportunity to see how people are coming out and that when it was so funny, you know, we'll get there and it's not just open to black folk, but black folk do privy and attend more. Um, but we do have, you know, people of all color, people of all genders coming in. Um, it's so funny. They'll come be like I didn't know there were so many black people here you know and yeah. I don't know exactly because we're so spaced apart and we're so head down into our jobs yeah. you know yeah. and I said that I'm like I was like that for three years I gained a lot of weight at the time because all I would do was work come home and go to sleep to get up to do work again yeah. and so about a year ago I decided to really focus on my health and so now I've lost the weight and I'm running every day you know like you have to figure out what works for you but the one thing that I will say is that we have to give ourselves grace and you don't have to be the busybody that I am. You don't have to be on five boards, you know, creating podcasts, um, you know, having events and running auctions for your board. You don't have to do that, yeah. but you need to probably have a busybody in your tribe to keep you motivated, to continue to let you know that you have the capacity and the capability to do whatever your heart's desire is, um, that if you do need to find a connection, that they can help you create that connection. Um, you know, sometimes we can just get stuck in our ways or we get in our own head so much. And so I'm grateful for the friends that slow me down or give me a different pace, right? So we, we, we need them all in our tribe. We need them all. Well, awesome. But you know what? It's, it's, um, it's so nice to, to meet women like you. And I'm just not going to say it's just African-American women. I mean, I really love meeting women that has purpose and know, you know, and know what their purpose is. And I love the fact that you give yourself to other people, give your service to other people. So I think you're absolutely amazing. And <laughs> absolutely amazing. And so I want to make sure that um, that people know how to get in contact with you, especially about your other services that you have. I know you have academic consulting and things like that. How do people get in yeah. contact with you um, if, if they need help in, in that avenue? Thank you so much. So SherryNicole.co is my brand. It is where you can contact me for opportunity. Um, under that branch of me, um, I do academic consultation. So professionally, what I have accomplished is I create enrichment opportunities for underrepresented students. Um, at Illinois, um, I have a program there that supports students in the health sciences that is endowed and is thriving. I have one at Drexel that I helped create um, that is in the business school and that's thriving. And I'm currently in the process of um, 
as the interim director for the bridge program, creating the Coastal Roots Institute, which will be a summer enrichment experience and an academic year component for minority students and BIPOC students here at UNCW. So if you are in the idea of understanding how to create a new experience for students, regardless if they're minority or not, happy to come in and consult, um, happy to um, share my experience of drafting something in and outside of an educational institution um, and just really helping people navigate that. Because I think at the end of the day, what you've said before is that for me, it's community and family and all of the programs I've created or the advising I've done or my life's work will always be around creating familial experiences for students to feel comfortable and to thrive. And so that's one major thing. Of course, I'm always willing to come and speak about experiences being professional, health focused, being an organ donor, um, talking about um, any of the educational opportunities I've created, um, or just learning how to navigate being a leader, you know, owning your boss, right? Owning who you are. Um, happy to come and share that. I've done a lot of speaking engagements around several of those topics, um, as well as facilitate it you know, experiences around diversity, recruitment, retention, and awareness around those concepts, especially around women's health, women's education, women's empowerment. And then Black Woman Working is a podcast that is out at Unsyndicated. And so you can hear, I do a monthly podcast um, where I feature a Black woman, local or nationally, around a topic of concern that may have been presented to me. Um, this, I'm going to launch one around with uh, Danielle, who um, is going to, Megan Danielle, who does Make It Public to kind of help people understand around marketing um, and how she can help be a, a, a support for you there. And that'll come out um, in the next couple of weeks. And then community leader, I think it's so important to work in the space and serve the space that you live in, regardless if you're a transplant, regardless if you just say, oh, I'm just here to work, but I go home every weekend. It is so viable that you leave your talents and your experience and your actions to help support a generation below you, a generation above you, or the one that you're currently in. So if you are looking for, oh, I want to give back. Every second Wednesday, I serve food, um, create the dinner and serve food at the Ashley Center. So if you ever want to come with me, you can always say, you know, hey, Sherry, I want to cook and we can you can come and do that. Um, there are opportunities that you can really serve veterans. You can serve older adults. Um, you can serve, you know, those that are home insecure or food insecure. We have those challenges here. Again, we may not see them due to our privileges, but they exist and there is opportunity to do that. And I just encourage everyone to give back. So if you would love to contact me, you can contact me at sherrynicole.co. I have my work phone on there as well as an email that you can reach out to. That's amazing. So promise me this, the next event that that you really want to promote or um, if you need some some help with service or things like that, come back on my show and talk about it so we can get more people out there to help. Would that be okay? That sounds amazing. I will definitely be back for this Black Women in Health ex Expo that I'd like to do. Okay. And then also the one thing that I'm noticing in the area is we have a lot of awards and accolades, and I've been privy to receive many of them. But I do see that there's an opportunity that we can highlight some of these queens in our area that are doing some really boss things. You know, the ones who are saving our kids and driving them to school every day, okay. you know, the, the unsung heroes. And so I'm looking at an opportunity to create a different type of 
award for some of our unsung heroes that they may not be the CEOs, right? They may not be the deans, but they are the ones keeping the lights on. And so I'm looking to create a new way for us to honor them. So when I get that concept together, I'll definitely be back as well. Awesome. Awesome. And you know what, that's something that I, I actually wanted to highlight on the podcast as well, but we'll talk about that. Maybe we can come up with something together. That would be cool. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I love the collaboration and partnership. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you again, Sherry. Um, can't wait to get you back here. I'm going to see you soon. I think I'm going to come to that ugly sweater thing. I got to go. December 18th, 9 p.m. at Palette. You find, <laughs> listen, the uglier, the better. We're going to give out a couple of prizes for the ugliest sweater. All right. Well, all right, guys. Thank you for joining us today. That's it for today's episode. And remember, home is where the heart is and my heart is in Wilmington. All right, Sherry, listen, I'm going to talk to you later. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you for this opportunity and nice meeting you. Have a, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Oh.